Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the place you're not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all the great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS is the number to jump on in. 855-212-4227. And you could always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Got Moist Mike, Stuart Kovacs, rock and rolling all the way with me. Up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Steve Avila of the Los Angeles Rams, their rookie offensive lineman, who's going to be playing in a playoff game this weekend up against Detroit Lions, going to stop by an hour 20 from now. And then at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific, former Michigan tight end Jake Butt is going to join us on CBS Sports Radio. So I am back from Houston. I'm on about 90 minutes of sleep. But the show must go on. And hail to the victors. Congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines, a national champion. And let me just say this right out of the gate before we break down the game. I find some of the takes insufferable today. I found the hors d'oeuvres and the appetizers before Michigan won the national championship with some of the takes by my confidants in the media to be insufferable. And today, I'm not taking any prisoners. I can't stand people today that wake up or in the afternoon, get on the radio and say, Michigan's championship is tainted or Michigan's championship should have an asterisk. It's a bunch of sour grapes at this point. I'll explain why in just a second. But let's start with the game. In the first half, Michigan football may as well just employed me as the offensive coordinator. No offense to Sharon Moore, who probably will be ending up replacing Jim Harbaugh as the head coach of Michigan, because Harbaugh's probably going to the NFL. I got on the air all last week. I said it yesterday on this show when I was in Houston. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, run, 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 and then, oh yeah, run the football some more. And the first two drives of the game, Donovan Edwards, who was awesome last year, and had some good moments and some bad moments this year, but wasn't the same player as he was a year ago. 
I knew he was going to have explosive moments in the national championship game. And you saw that right out of the gate where he ran into his own offensive line, then somehow was able to bounce it to the outside, and he took it 40-something yards for a touchdown. Boom. Michigan goes up 7-0. Then Michigan allows a field goal. Their defense, bend but don't break. And then it was Donovan Edwards again. Boom. Long touchdown run. He had like two carries at one point for 80-something yards and two touchdowns for Donovan Edwards. And eventually, you saw the game get to 17-3. to Blake Corum had a long run, and he just ran out of gas, and they had to settle for a field goal. But right before the end of the half, which we told you on this show, Kalen DeBoer is one of the more aggressive coaches in the country. He elected to go for it on fourth and goal, and Washington got a touchdown, and you walked into halftime at 17-10. And at halftime, I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, like I still thought Michigan was going to win the game, but Michigan with how dominant they were in the trenches and with their two stars at running back in Corum and Edwards should have been up by more than seven points at half. And I put out a tweet, and I did a little video on Twitter and Instagram where I said Michigan should be fined and Michigan should be penalized if they throw the football in the second half. I thought that Michigan was going to go all Penn State, which they did up against Penn State and Happy Valley, where they literally didn't throw the football once in the second half. And Washington was getting the ball back to start the uh, second half. And right out of the gate, Will Johnson makes an incredible interception on Michael Penix Jr., who did not play a good game. And there was a while in the second half where Michigan, their offense was basically begging Washington to eventually get in the game. And I'll give credit to the Washington Huskies. They made adjustments, and they were able to, at times in the second half, neutralize, slow down, contain, and stop that lethal first half Michigan rushing attack. And I thought that there was going to be a moment in the game where eventually Michael Penix Jr. would stand up he would elevate his team, and they would go on to at least tie the game, and ultimately, Michigan would go on a championship drive. But all kind of week long, we heard about a lot of areas in this game, but not enough people realized how historically good, and not just how good, how great Michigan's defense is. Because after the Alabama game, People praised the defense, but they said, oh, Jalen Milrow isn't a great passer. But up against Michael Penix Jr., who you could argue the last two years, he's been the best thrower of the football in in college football. They didn't allow Michael Penix Jr. to have a second to think, oh, yeah, by the way, he has the best offensive line in the country. And it wasn't only just the front. The back end, which you saw their mobility up against Alabama, they took their versatility to a different level up against Washington. And I told you in the first half, the story was the O-line, the hog mollies. It was Blake Corum, the running back, Donovan Edwards, the running back. The second half, the story was the defensive backs with Will Johnson making an acrobatic interception and the Mikey Sanders still 
He was all over the field. Open field tacklers. Batting the football down. And then he had the icing on the cake to cherry on top of the Sunday with nearly a pick six towards the end of the game. And the final score ended up that it was a blowout, but it didn't really feel like a blowout in that second half. But at the end, Washington let that one get away and Michigan took advantage. They finally did smell blood and they were able to put Washington, who had a great season this year, out of their misery. The only thing I'll question from this game, the only controversy that I think is from this game, and it's no, oh, Michigan's championship shouldn't be valid, all that stupidity and jackassery. It's not, oh, there should be an asterisk on it. No, I'm not going there. But there was a moment in that game where finally Michael Penix Jr. connected on a big throw, and it was a seven-point game. And I thought, and this is coming from a Michigan fan, I thought it was a very ticky-tack call by the officials which it negated a play, and it was like a 40-something-yard swing where they threw offensive holding. Now, I've watched the play. I guess you could argue it was holding. But with the way that the game was being officiated, where they were allowing a lot to go, and they were allowing these teams to be physical, I did not think with the way the game was being called that that flag should have been thrown. And you could argue that that moment may have got Washington going after coming up short over and over and over again, and it could have bare minimum tied up the game, and then who knows what happens after that because if they tie up the game at any point, momentum would have shifted to the Washington Huskies, but that wasn't the case. Michigan was the better team. Michigan deserved to win the game. Michigan did win the game, and now they are national champions. So now we'll get to the point of the conversation where I was starting the show. I don't understand people today that get in front of a microphone after we got to see from Michigan this season and say they're not going to accept the results. That put an asterisk on this Michigan championship, say the title is tainted. I just don't get you. And I think all of you that say that are a bunch of jealous, sour, grape-hating Michigan people. That's what I think. I think you hate the Michigan team. And I think you're just looking for things to get clicks. I think you're just trying to make a name for yourself. It doesn't make sense. If you follow college football, every single person said the Michigan season doesn't start until the Penn State game. And I've never said that Michigan shouldn't be punished. There needed to be a punitive action. But from the start, I said that this sign-stealing scandal was so overblown and was just so ridiculous and inane. And a lot of people in football weren't as irate as fans were and people that are usually outside of football. But everything has been equal since the Penn State game. And in that Penn State game, Michigan said, we'll line up our guys. We'll run the ball down your throat. We don't need any of your signs. They won that game. Then shortly after that, they played Ohio State. They knew that Kyle McCord was eventually going to make a mistake. They beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. And what did people say after that? All right, Michigan will win the Big Ten championship, but they'll choke again in the playoffs. 
And then the playoffs come. Oh, it's big, bad Alabama. It's the big, bad SEC. Michigan made many mistakes in that game. And guess what? They still beat Alabama. And their offensive line dominated. Their defensive line dominated. And they dominated an SEC school, which is unheard of, in the trenches. And then in the national championship game. And I love the Washington program. But it was, oh, Washington's getting disrespected. Oh, Michael Penix Jr. is the greatest thing ever. And they embarrassed Michael Penix Jr., that offensive line, and their great wide receivers constantly throughout the game. I don't care what signs you had or you didn't have. Michigan showed they didn't need them. And in those four games up against Penn State, Ohio State, Alabama, and Washington, Michigan played bully ball, old school football, will have a great defense, and then we'll punch you in the mouth with our offensive line and our two great running backs in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. So just stop with the commentary. Just stop with the jackassery. Oh, this championship shouldn't count. Everything was even in these last four or five games, and Michigan still found a way to hoist the national championship trophy. Enough is enough. This is one of the more overblown stories I have ever heard. And you just sound so stupid when people get on the radio or get in front of a TV camera and they go, oh, I'm not going to accept the results of the national championship game. I'm not going to accept the results of the Ohio State game, the Penn State game, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Enough. Even Paul Feinbaum was able to acknowledge that Michigan won the national championship. Good for Jim Harbaugh. Good for Blake Corum. Good for Donovan Edwards. Good for J.J. McCarthy. Good for Mikey Sanders still. Good for Will Johnson. And good for the Michigan Wolverines. National champs. Dominant defense. Dominant offensive line. Dominant run game. And a quarterback, when he needed to make a big throw to Colston Loveland, that's what he did. Michigan are your national champions. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Hail to the victors, baby. How about Michigan winning the national championship? When we come on back, people are surprised today that Mike Vrabel has been fired. I'm not. And I have a theory that could be a little bit different than what people are spewing right now on social media. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a timeout. And guess what? If you're hating on Michigan today, there's nothing you could do about it because they are the national champions. And you're just sounding like a big fat loser today if you're saying you're not going to honor the results of what we've seen the last two months of the college football season. Coming on back, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. You got to follow along with me here. Don't always believe what you read. And no, I'm not trying to be Aaron Rodgers here and lecture you. But Mike Vrabel's fired today by Tennessee. Everyone's like, oh my goodness gracious, I can't believe they fired such a great head coach. Yeah, Mike Vrabel's a phenomenal head coach. Mike Vrabel didn't deserve to be fired. But also... I think Mike Vrabel is elated that he got, quote-unquote, fired today. And I know Tennessee's owner could come out and say this was mainly because she didn't like the direction of the organization the last two years. I don't really believe all that to be true. And something I think you could have a gripe with if you're a fan of the Tennessee Titans is that maybe they should have tried to trade Mike Vrabel. And we've seen trades before with head coaches. Sean Payton last year, Bill Belichick way in the day, uh, back in the day when he uh, got traded from the Jets to the Patriots after he resigned as the HC of the NYJ. So we've seen trades go down before John Gruden when it comes to NFL head coaches. But I think this was a move where Mike Vrabel was trying to get fired or was making it clear that even though he had two years left on his contract, that he no longer wanted to coach this football team. And there are ways to do that. Whether you can disagree with the new general manager they just brought in and Vrabel wanted the old general manager out, or you can intentionally, maybe in your meetings with ownership, not give the answers that ownership is going to want to hear. Like, I'm sure there's a time in life where you've interviewed for a job and you didn't really want the job, but you thought you had to interview for the job and you may not give it your all. This may be something similar here where Vrabel understood he had two years left on his contract, but Mike Vrabel wanted to be a free agent. He wanted to be let go. And he wanted to now pick his next job. And I and I think I know where Mike Vrabel is going to land. We'll need to see another domino fall. But right now, you got to think Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel are the two most attractive names on the market. And I do believe that Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching in the NFL next season. You got to remember, Jim Harbaugh, four years in the NFL, all with San Francisco, three NFC title game appearances and a Super Bowl appearance. He went back to his alma mater in Michigan after he had issues with the general manager uh, in San Francisco, Trent Baalke. And Jim Harbaugh at first looked like he was only going to get Michigan back to moving in the right direction, but there was going to be an apex. And then the last three years we saw him 
kick the crap out of Ohio State three times, win the Big Ten three times in a row, and then last night prevail and win the national championship. So mission accomplished, job done at Michigan, and now the NFL jobs are going to come calling in great frequency, which they haven't the last two years for whatever the reasons are. And I do think this opens up the perfect time, even though I would love to see Jim Harbaugh stay at Michigan, for Jim Harbaugh to bolt back to the NFL and think about what that would do for the legacy of Jim Harbaugh. Could you imagine after winning a national championship and he's already been to a Super Bowl, if he goes back to the NFL and wins a Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh goes into a different level and really a different class of just football coaches. You win a championship in college and then get to a Super Bowl with the 49ers and then go win one somewhere else, you start to get into the conversation of one of the all-time great football coaches ever. And I just said football coaches, not NFL, not college, because you were elite in college, and then you would be elite in the NFL as well. But getting back to Vrabel, when you see Mike Vrabel get fired today, and everyone's like, why are they firing him? Tennessee really didn't have a lot of talent the last two years. They didn't have a quarterback. Vrabel's been a coach of the year before. He's taken Tennessee to a number one seed one year. He's also taken them to an AFC championship game. Why would you get rid of a coach who's perceived to be one of the better coaches in the NFL? And I think it's simple. No matter what they say, Mike Vrabel no longer wanted to coach this team. And I think he knows where he wants to go. And that's to an owner that he trusts. That's to a team that needs to rebuild in the New England Patriots. And the domino that needs to fall now is for Robert Kraft to fire Bill Belichick or trade Bill Belichick. Because Belichick made it clear the other day. If you read and listen to the Bill Belichick press conference, he's going to keep on showing up until told otherwise. That's basically Bill Belichick saying, I'm going to keep on putting on the front that I want to be the head coach here. Whether he does or doesn't, I don't know. But Belichick, just like Vrabel, you could argue, maybe wants the freedom to choose his next team and not have to deal with the process and the patient process of a trade. So Robert Kraft now has a decision to make. Do you move on from Bill Belichick? And if you do move on from Bill Belichick, then who are you replacing him with? And there's a lot of names on the back end of that statement that I would probably reject. But you tell me that Mike Vrabel's the next head coach of the Patriots. I think it's the perfect replacement plan for Bill Belichick. You have a former Patriot, a guy that's in your Patriot Hall of Fame, a guy that dominated on the defensive side of the ball when he was in New England, won three Super Bowls, also contributed on the offensive side of the ball with some trick plays in the Super Bowl. And that would be a guy that is already established. There's no risk. And you know he's a phenomenal head coach. And also, let me just remind people. I have never seen, I cannot remember a time where an acting coach, regardless of a previous connection or relationship in the NFL, during his bye week, which Vrabel did this year for Tennessee, they honored Vrabel in Foxborough because he was a part, along with Dante Scarnecchia, the Patriot Hall of Fame class. And not only did they honor Mike Vrabel at the game, he gave a speech at halftime, 
But he watched the entirety of the game in another team's owner's luxury box in Robert Kraft. And they sat side by side during the game. You don't think they had a conversation? You don't think Robert Kraft, whether he said it or not, was laying the foundation, let me have a plan if this season is not what we expect it to be. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this Patriots season was not going to be a good one because even though Belichick's is still a good coach, he's been an awful general manager as of late. And this roster is one of, if not the worst roster in the NFL from this past year. Maybe Carolina's worse. Maybe Carolina. But if it's a situation between 32 or 31, even when you have arguably the greatest coach of all time, you're not going to win many games. And 24 years is longer than anyone could ever imagine for a coach to be employed by one team. Heck, there's some teams... They have like five coaches in a in a 10-year span. Heck, Carolina's had three coaches in three years. So I do believe Vrabel wanted to get fired. I believe Vrabel is thinking about maybe going to New England because there is a relationship with Robert Kraft, and he has great respect and great trust with Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft will afford him the patience to build back up the Patriots. Now, there are other jobs that are available that are more attractive than New England. You could argue the Chargers. I could even argue Atlanta. And you know what? Maybe there's some teams in the playoffs right now that they bow out quickly in the postseason and fold in the postseason, the wild card round, divisional round. Maybe they're going to contemplate their future. Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy. You know, I could argue, and Sirianni has done a heck of a job McCarthy's done a good job, but you could argue that Vrabel is a better coach. And Vrabel doesn't have as much talent as what the Cowboys have or the Philadelphia Eagles have. So the Vrabel domino is a big one. And now you could potentially, depending if the Pats move on from Belichick, you could have a coaching cycle where Harbaugh's available, where Belichick's available, and where Mike Vrabel is available. And that's extremely juicy. So I, I do believe, I am not buying this notion that Tennessee's owner had a change of heart. And it's, oh, it's really the last two years. I think she understood that Vrabel no longer wanted to be there. And Vrabel kind of made that clear behind the scenes, regardless what's being reported today. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We opened up the show talking college football. Michigan, your national champions as they defeated Alabama in the Rose Bowl and then backed it up last night in the national title game at NRG Stadium up against Washington. Let's go out to Scott in Michigan. He's first up on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Scott, what's shaking? Hey, Zach. Thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. What do you got for me today? I got something for you. When is this this banter about the SEC being better about the Big Ten? And and first of all, how did it start? Because we've beaten the SEC multiple times. I just I don't understand the the media side of it, where we're the weaker division. 
and I'd love to hear your take on that, Jack. Well, Thank you so the much Big Ten in the last call. two years has produced two national champions, Ohio State and Michigan. The Big Ten has produced two national champions. When you look at the SEC, you've had LSU win a national championship. You've had Alabama win national championships. And you've had Georgia win national championships. So, there you go. That's why the SEC is perceived to be a better conference. And then you also had Clemson play a role where they were able to rival, at the time, the SEC's best. But now, in an era of NIL, in an era of the transfer portal, these great brands, I don't want to say have been exposed, but the gap and the playing field has been leveled a little bit. There's a reason why a year or two ago, Nick Saban, when he didn't have the number one recruiting class, got into a fight with Jimbo Fisher. It was because Nick Saban was at a small business owner conference in Alabama, and he was begging, by taking a shot at A&M, he was begging and imploring those small business owners to invest more money in the NIL collective. But as you saw last night, and I know it wasn't up against an SEC team, it's actually against a Pac-12 team that's about to become a Big Ten team, Michigan played bully ball. Michigan played old school football. Defense and run the football. And oh yeah, that same formula was used the week prior up against Alabama in the SEC. So Alabama, Georgia, you know, the resources LSU have, they're not going anywhere. But this has now become pretty much a two-conference sport. The Pac-12 is donezo. The Big 12 has a bunch of good teams. Not a lot of great teams now with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. And the ACC, you know you have a lot of schools that want to leave the ACC for greener pastures. So the next 10 years of college football are going to be fascinating where Scott wants to say, oh, pretty much, and I think it's a fair point, how did this conversation start where the SEC is so much better than the Big Ten? Well, it's pretty now a two-conference sport. We're going to see in the next 10 years which conference is better. And it's not like the Big Ten had a lot of great teams this year. Heck, I... I'm a Michigan fan, and I told you Michigan had two games on their regular season schedule that were their only two games of the season. So from top to bottom, I think the SEC is still better. I do, but the Big Ten is picking up steam and closing the gap. The reality is 13 of the last 18 national champions were from the SEC. Yeah. Since 2013, like you mentioned, there have been two Big Ten teams who've won national titles, Ohio State and Michigan, mm-hmm. three from the ACC, Florida State, Clemson, twice. Oh, yeah, that's right, with right? Jameis, Florida State. So at the end of the day, I'm not saying the ACC is better than the Big Ten. No, but it's not. neither conference is anywhere close to the dominance, at least at the top, of the SEC. Well, 13 of 18, dating all the way back to 2006 with Florida. That's fair, but Michigan showed you something. Old school football still works in 2023 and 2024. You could win a national championship with a great defense. And Michigan, Minter, their defensive coordinator, he should either be a head coach in college somewhere next year. I know we're pretty much past the hiring cycle. Or he should be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Because he is phenomenal. And he's done a great job. But then also, 
changing the toughness of your program and developing three really great offensive lines and running the ball, this is kind of what Alabama did for all those years before Alabama got to Tua and got to Mack and got to Bryce Young. They had great defenses, great offensive lines, used to never be able to name the quarterback at Alabama. It was a game manager that made the right throws when they needed to, and they had great running backs. So Michigan basically took a page out of the SEC to go not only beat the SEC, but also beat everyone else in the Big Ten. And you think about Georgia the last two years also. Yeah. They didn't really have a high-flying passing attack with Seth and Bennett. No, but Bennett was defense. better than advertised. Sure, but they were, they were for the most part, defense yep. and just beating you up front and running the ball down your throat and then throwing the ball when they needed to. See, people try to overcomplicate football. And I say this all the time. You do not need a PhD in football to realize the way you win is by protecting the football and dominating the trenches. And I know that sounds cliche, and it doesn't matter what analytics you throw my way, you dominate the battle of the trenches, 9.9 times out of 10, you win in football. Zach Gelb here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This is Zach Gelb Show. We'll do a little overreaction, proper reaction next. But first up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here's the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. This week's player is Giant Safety Xavier McKinney in Sunday's 27-10 shocking win over the Eagles. McKinney had six tackles and two interceptions as a team. The Giants forced Philly into four turnovers and held them to only 299 total yards. Sam, I don't know if you're trying to get me going today. Try to keep me up uh, during this show and keep me awake since I'm on 90 minutes of sleep. How the heck do we not have a Michigan defensive player for the defensive player of the week after winning the national championship game, though? What are we doing here? Uh, they didn't deserve it. Oh, my God. Don't I tell mean, me you're one of these asterisk dopes. <laughs> just because I can't pronounce his name, Mikey Sanristil. Yeah, I don't think uh, anyone Almost can. had a pick six, mm-hmm. and he had that, I don't know if you remember, early on in the game, that incredible tackle, tackle. Oh, on third down. I, I mean, he had, he had him by the fingertips. Great open field tackle. How on earth he made that tackle? And if you remember before the play, he was waving all the guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, guys, come in. He knew what play was about to happen. <laughs> he told everyone to come in. I'm not saying it's time stealing. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. scouting. Mm-hmm. He knew what was going on. He cut that route off, and he made a great tackle. So that guy could have been defensive player of the, of the week. But, you know. Now, Connor Stallions, we saw at the Rose Bowl. He was two, two uh, rows behind, like off the field. I did not see any video or pictures of Connor Stallions at the game, but I did see a video of him in Houston afterwards. He was sitting at a table at some bar in H-Town, and someone brought him over 
a Michigan fan, a bucket of beers. And he hasn't tweeted in like three years or more than three years. I think five years. I'm reading this on Barstool right now. He said, I missed the Paul Pierce versus Kobe Bryant Celtics Laker days. And he did put out a tweet last night. So Connor Stallions, I have to think, that's a huge stadium, right? NRG Stadium. I got to think he was somewhere in the stadium, but it is surprising that we don't have any proof of him being in the stadium last night, at least from some of the monitoring that I've been able to see, Samter. So that's just one of those things. He was somewhere. Got to think. Maybe they put him in a luxury box. Maybe he was in the luxury box. With the Harbaugh's? No. Or with Jeter, Stephen A. Smith, exactly. and Michael Jordan? Yeah, maybe Stallions was in there. You just couldn't see him. Was there ever a more amazing uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Stephen A. Smith, and uh, Travis Scott? Yeah. I think Travis Scott doesn't belong in that group, right? Neither does Stephen A. Ah, Stephen A's a big star, big I star. I love Stephen A, but it's Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter. Yeah, if you ask Stephen A, he is the Michael Jordan of broadcasting, and he's the Derek Jeter of broadcasting, too. He's probably the first he's one He's closer to the Derek Jeter of broadcasting than the Michael Jordan of broadcasting. I don't know. It depends who you ask. All righty, let's get to a little overreaction, proper reaction. Stu, hit it. Another NFL week is complete, which means it's another week to freak out about your favorite team. Which takes are truly crazy. But sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. And which are so crazy, they might be right. He's 6'5", he's 245 pounds. He's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Zach lets you know in this week's edition of Overreaction or Proper Reaction. All righty, Moist Mike, what do we got? All right, well, now rumors are swirling about Mike Tomlin's future in Pittsburgh. And now ESPN's Adam Schefter Shefty. threw a new wrinkle. You got to call him Shefty. Shefty, I'm sorry. Or uh, maybe on X, uh, Adam Schnefter or oh, Adam yeah. Sheftery. That would be a fake account. Yeah, okay, maybe that Sorry guy. to burst your bubble. But yes, Adam Schefter <laughs> did throw a new wrinkle into the conversation. You're not firing Mike Tomlin, but <laughs> here's the thing that's interesting. He's got a year left on his contract, and there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take some time off, like Sean Payton did. Maybe take a year off. We'll see if that's something that's on his mind. But Mike Tomlin gets to dictate what happens here. You're not firing Mike Tomlin. Love how animated he was. But he also went on McAfee later on and reiterated that there's a chance and rumors and talk that Tomlin could walk away, take a year off, and come back after some television time. So overreaction, proper reaction, Mike Tomlin will not be coaching the Steelers in 2024. Mike Tomlin would be great in the booth. I don't think there's a coach that I enjoy more hearing their press conferences than Mike Tomlin. Uh, but I will go this is an overreaction when you say Mike Tomlin will not be coaching the Steelers in 2024. They made the playoffs. Now, T.J. Watt's going to be out this week. They announced that today up against the Bills. I think Tom will be back in the Steel City next season. Now, during Week 18's loss, Jalen Hurts dislocated the middle finger in his throwing hand. But luckily, x-rays showed no fracture. Hertz does get an extra day of rest as the Eagles take on the Bucks on that super wild card weekend Monday night football game. Wild card weekend. Yeah. Don't be a sheep, all right? Bah. Overreaction, <laughs> proper reaction. The injured finger will impact Hertz enough that the Eagles will lose to Tampa. Uh, I actually think that is a proper reaction. I think there's a chance that the Eagles are going to lose this game. And when you have an injury on your throwing hand, that's not good. And that finger, man, it 
it looked pretty beat up. Uh, now, things could change in a week. I'm sure swelling would go down, but I think that's going to be uncomfortable, and it's clear that Hertz isn't at 100%. One of the things people look out for in Week 18 is players reaching milestones and incentives. Chris Jones got a $1.2 million incentive by getting his 10th sack on Sunday, and everybody celebrated. While the Rams ensured Pukunakua set rookie records in yards and receptions before pulling him. However, the Jets are... Only well, the Jets. The Jets. And believe the it or not... The GD Jets. Miscounted Brees Hall's rushing numbers as Hall fell six yards short of 1,000 yards, and Robert Sala discussed it afterwards. Where were you that Brees was close to a thousand at the end, and it sure seemed like you gave him a shot there at the. Yeah, we we were aware. Um, one of our mathematicians was wrong. We thought. Oh, we you thought can't he got admit it. that. Um, but uh, we're ten yards off. So, oh, but, uh, shut we up, Sala. On that last run, otherwise we would have taken a knee. Stop! It is the worst. Now I don't know if there was an incentive tied to that milestone, but it is a bad look. Overreaction. You, you proper can't reaction. admit that though. The Jets are the worst run franchise in the NFL. No, that's an that's an overreaction. They're pretty close, but it's still the Carolina Panthers with their bozo of an owner and their petulant brat of an owner in one David Tepper. Okay, so that's an easy answer. While Bill Belichick's future is still up in the air, the Athletic is reporting that if Belichick do does I'm stay in New fired. England. Uh, excuse me, Bill, I'm trying to speak. Can you please quiet, quiet yourself down? Yeah, uh, if he does stay, he could bring <laughs> back and battle head coach or bring back and battle coach Josh McDaniels. So overreaction, proper reaction, if Belichick stays, they should bring back McDaniels. Yeah, McDaniels uh, needs to come back and uh, milk my bosom. Oh, there's no doubt about that. That's too much information, Bill. Uh, the Pats should bring back McDaniels if Belichick stays. Yeah, I'm fine with Josh McDaniels being an offensive coordinator. Just never allow him to be an NFL head coach again. Over Bill O'Brien? Yeah. I I trust Josh McDaniels more than Bill O'Brien. I would go uh, proper reaction. And it seems like there's something between now Belichick and O'Brien. It took forever for Belichick to want to bring O'Brien back. And there's a report that it was kind of forced on Belichick because Belichick wanted to keep Patricia. So I think there's something up between B.O.B. and B.B. And then if Belichick stays, they'll go back to uh, Joshy McDaniels. Now, another embattled former Raiders coach, sorry, Stu. Every Raiders coach is embattled. I know, seriously. (laughs) Could could get another shot back in the NFL. As NOLA.com reports, the Saints could bring John Gruden in as an assistant. Wait, now remember his brother was on with us and said he would never come back to be like an offensive coordinator or offensive assistant? I think maybe his his options are dwindling slowly. Yeah, because he's an overrated head coach. Now, as we remember, Gruden served as a consultant for the Saints earlier in the season. Overreaction, proper reaction. John Gruden will be a head coach in the NFL again at some point in the future. The only way is if the NFL forces him or forces a team to hire him to try to get this lawsuit to go away so they don't get exposed. Uh, but I would say that's an overreaction because John Gruden is a overrated head coach. Hasn't been a good coach in a long time. So not because of the lawsuit, but because you don't think he's as good of a coach as others might think so. Interesting. Now, after their epic collapse and missing the playoffs, the Jaguars cleaned house on their coaching staff, firing defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell and his entire defensive staff. Now, the Jags' defense finished 22nd in yards allowed and 17th in points. Overreaction, proper reaction, the Jaguars' defense was the most to blame for their issues this season. So we knew this defense wasn't great going into the season. Should have drafted Aiden Hutchinson. Well, yeah, that goes without saying over Trayvon Walker. Anyone could have told you that. You know, I'll, make, I'll be a GM. Except right? for Trent Baalke. I'll take, 20, I'll take 25% of whatever Trent Baalke's making. I'll do the job tomorrow. Well, probably won't be great at it, but I'll take the paycheck. 
definitely uh, cash that check until they tell me they don't want me there. But Trevor Lawrence in too many games and that offense in too many games, especially big games, didn't even get the job done. They were no-shows. Only scored nine points against the Chiefs, three points against the 49ers, and seven against the Ravens. The offense was supposed to be that strength, and in many big games, they were non-existent. So when you say the Jaguars' defense was the biggest cause for their issues this season, that is an overreaction. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio, coming on back. Did Michael Penix draft stock take a hit last night? We discuss when we return in five minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 